Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. And I want to give a shout out to people that listen around the world and in the United States because one of the fun things to do is look at the statistics of the show to make sure that more than one people, one person, one people, one people. to make more, more than one people. Hello, listen my to- one people. <laughs> to, to our one people listening. My one people. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway, I'm more than one person listening to the show. Yeah. And there there are. There there's more That's than pretty cool. There's more than one people. So there where are these peoples? They're in the United Kingdom. These uh, peoples. <laughs> they're in Canada this week listening. And our three top cities in the US this week, where do you think they're from? No idea. Utah. It's gotta be one of Utah. Oh, well, you're right without West. Really? Yeah. But it's not the right state. Oh, so you were right just in general direction. But anyway, Colorado Springs, Colorado, which makes me think that think I think a Tesla Denver, Colorado woven hand. Okay, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Sweet. And maybe they have some friends in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, because they're also they were number three. Why are they listening to us down south? No, they like us. That's the southwest. Wow. Yeah. Can they send us some food? <laughs> what, like hot sauce? Can they like make us some cool food from down there? Some delicious Southwest food? Yeah, delicious <laughs> Southwest food. Well, well, we I think we have a... Do we have a... We, we don't have, discriminate. Just send us whatever you want. We have a want. P.O. Box again, right? Yeah. Send all non-perishable items to Ghostly Talk at yeah. P.O. Box. 4232, Troy, Michigan, 48099. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do have a P.O. Box. So if you want to send crap to us, we, we got to put that on the website. We do have a snail mail thing, so if you want to send us goofy stuff. Because back in the day, that was fun. Yeah, uh, when mail a, was fun. Well, yeah, I mean, we used to get all kinds of really neat stuff from, you know, not just publishers, but people. Well, we had that a while back. You remember we that? And that guy just happened to be listening. I talked about that dude who sent me the the monster truck. Oh he sent me yeah, that, and, and like you know, he sent me that letter that I still have in my office yeah. uh, about when his mom died. He listened to our show, and that, that would that came in our PO box. It was, and I was teared up when I when I read the thing as I'm standing there in the post. Was office. he still a listener? Did yeah, he end up no, hearing that. He was listening to the show. That he listened to that show and said. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, well, you know what? No, it was that, and I think I posted it. I had made a post oh, on, on, on Instagram and Facebook and all that okay. stuff. So he did find me and said, that, that was me, man. Um, yeah. Super nice dude. But that was when we had our old P.O. Box. So we have a new one now, and it is Ghostly Talk at P.O. Box 4232, uh, Troy, Michigan, 48099. That is our new P.O. Box. Well, you know, we'll update the website with that info. If people, if there's something you want to send, uh, feel free to send it out to us. I didn't even think about that. Uh, we've had that thing for a little while now. Who else is listening to us, Amber? Well, that's the, those were the my that's all my stats said. So that's about three people. Yeah, that's there's three people, three three peoples, three peoples. And uh, I think it's pretty cool that someone in the UK is listening. We don't have anybody like in Indonesia listening to us. I don't know if i really see i've seen australia yeah but i don't know if i've seen like any kind of asian or um any countries i I mean i think i've even i I don't know eastern european i don't know if i see that often either well from wherever you are on this planet or in the cosmos if you're listening to our show we really appreciate it and i always i love to say that thank you thank you thank you and thank you for listening to our show it means a lot to us um so tonight oh wait did you want to well, I wanted to remind people that we're going to be at the Michigan oh, UFO yeah, 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 contact. Yeah, 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 yeah. So UFOs are really big right now. I find a lot of people in the paranormal who would I normally would say like, oh, that we're in the ghost and everything are really, really, really looking, turning their heads towards the UFO thing going on. And uh, so anyway, this is going to be the second time that 
We were there last year, and it was, it was a ball. It was a perfect first-time conference, which is usually rare. Yeah, it's usually a cluster bleep. Yeah, and this was just perfect, and it's in a very – Well, it's called – and again, it's, it's on Houghton Lake, which is, I think, one of the largest inland lakes in Michigan – well, it's we're also, already surrounded yeah. by giant lakes, but then we, yeah. we're, we're on Houghton Lake, which is huge. And it's just a nice conference center. They have the best well, chicken fingers in the world. They do. Well, the it's, best. It's, it's called the Lakeside Resort and Conference Center, and it sits right on Houghton Lake, basically. So you're it, it, that is, yeah, it's on Houghton Lake. So it's really, if, if, if anything, it's a very scenic place to go and hang no, out. It's at. like a little vacation spot with the, seriously the best chicken fingers in the world. <laughs> I'm so, not kidding. No, we but we all ended up just kind of going out there and hanging around outside, just looking at the water. Hand breaded, oh <laughs> made to order, meat cut right there. I'm serious. Keep like t- keep talking. The dirty, crispy baby. factor on yeah. them is mm. insane. Mm. No, I'm dead serious. When Marnie and I yeah. bit into those things, we were like, "What the hell?" Drop the mic. I love when you talk dirty. Keep yeah. Going. Well, yeah. You're getting weird. No, you're getting weird. No, I'm you not. Won't stop I, have, these goddamn I have a passion to tell people if they come to this event and you're not a vegan vegetarian, and you do eat meat, get the chicken fingers. You will not be disappointed. It's Amber's tip of the week. It is, yeah, pro tip. Michigan UFO contact number two at the Lakeside Resort and Conference Center. We are we were there last year as spectators, and we're going to be there this year as spectators, and I'm really happy because I, I found myself getting into a gazillion really amazing uh, conversations last year. It's the first time I, I have it. ever listened to every single speaker and not been bored. And there was only one speaker I didn't listen to, and that was not by choice. It's just we had to take a break at one point and and just move around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a good lineup this year, too. Might as well point that out. Um, you know, friends of ours, you know, Bill Konkoleski, you know, yeah. Michigan, Michigan Move On. He's always fun to listen to. Tim Woolworth, who's been on the show. Bill's been on the show also. John Tenney, our buddy John, uh, lives a few cities over here. He, um, He's going to be there also, Nick Redfern, who we've, who we've bumped into over the years. Just a handful of really cool people. You can uh, you can find uh, this, if you want to get all the information, you can go to miufocon.com. So M as in Mary, I as in index, ufocon.com, and that'll take you to all the information. And and I'll, I'll actually say it's worth traveling for. It's worth traveling. You totally. know, not just if you're, if you're listening and you don't live in Michigan, maybe you live somewhere like Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, you're somewhere nearby, not too far of a drive. It's worth the drive because, like we said, it's, it's – you know, it's like we're not working for them either. They're not paying us to do this. No, we're not. We're <laughs> That's just doing really this. how we much like we enjoyed this. We really had a great time. I last actually year. learned beautiful. stuff and enjoyed, like you said, had good conversation with people, which is something I don't often have at a lot of the ghost. Uh, it was just a nice, relaxing conference, and I mean, yeah, maybe because we're not, you know, we we didn't have a table there. Uh, yeah, we're not working it, and I don't want to do that anymore. To be yeah, well, we did our we did the big Michigan con, which was fun. It is. It's more great like, event. Great it's event. More like a. It's like the Comic Con of ghost hunting shows because a lot of the people that speak there are really part of the paranormal media on television. Yeah. So people that show up there aren't necessarily hardcore ghost investigators or people that are seeking real serious paranormal research. They're more just fans of spooky stuff in the shows and they want to meet the people they see on TV. And there's nothing wrong with that. But... I if you're not someone that's a big fan of those types of programming, it doesn't make <laughs> like attending <us. laughs> it doesn't make attending some of some of the talks that interesting. No, and although there are still 
a lot of good speakers there that have you know that ne- aren't necessarily always part of a show. It was fun having a table this year, and if you haven't listened to uh, all the output, all the stuff we recorded, we had we had some really amazing conversations at the table uh, at the at the conference a couple weeks ago. That's all out there. It's on our previous shows, it was a show seventy five and seventy six or something like that. They're the shows before this one you're listening to right now. Yeah. Um. um yeah, it was really cool. Would tonight's show if you are not a true metal fan, you might want to, I don't know what our, what our timestamp is. I can put it in the description, but you might want to skip spoiler ahead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler. You might want to skip ahead like the first half hour so you're not like, I'm not listening to this show. They all they're doing is talking about metal music. But uh, after Scott and King are done geeking out over metal, they do get into a conversation about paranormal stuff and things that influence King Folly's lyrics well, for yeah. death metal and kind of the state of the world and how that influences lyrics for death metal and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, King Fowley is one of my favorite musicians and people of all time. Uh, he was on the show a handful of times back in the old days, and he's been a friend of mine, uh, a friend, and I've been a fan of his for many, many years now. We've always kept in contact over all the years, and just saw him play a couple months ago in Chicago, and I asked him back, you know, then I'm like, hey, would you like to come back on Ghostly Talk? He's like, absolutely, get a hold of me. You know, when they were, they toured all summer, and he's like, when we get off tour, I'd love to have a conversation with you guys. So he was nice enough to come here and have a conversation with us, and man, he wears you out. He just, he just, he's a ball of energy, and I love the guy. And Amber, tell us all about him. King Fowley is one of death metal's forefathers and the founder of the legendary death metal band Deceased and old-school metal troupe October 31. Fowley has always been one of the most vocal, upfront figures and never pulls any punches when asked of his opinion. He has been tearing the music world asunder for almost three decades and has a life that he has lived to the fullest. Fowley's life story is chronicled in Stay Ugly, The Life and Near Deaths of King Fowley, chronicling his early days, how deceased formed, the D.C. area metal scene, and the mid-'80s and of the mid-'80s, and how mm. King escaped death multiple times. King nearly died from a horrendous blood clot, survived a stroke, and kicked drugs and alcohol. Enjoy. <laughs> no, and that, that was sucky when that happened. I remember when that happened. That was really crappy. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. We almost lost him. Uh, we didn't, though. And the proof of it is here tonight. Yes. Please enjoy our conversation with King Fowler. Fowley, how the hell are you? I'm fantastic, brother. Here I sit on a Tuesday night. It's not as hot as it's been here, but it's not as cold as it's going to get, so I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with that, but I'm good. I'm feeling good. We saw you, or I saw you, me and my my other friend Scott saw you in Chicago a couple months ago at the Metal Threat Fest where you guys played. Um, That was my birthday. That That was was your birthday. It was your birthday show, and 
the the funniest thing that happened that weekend um, actually had to do with your wife, as a matter of fact. It was really funny because okay. I told you when I bumped into you, I said, hey, I've been holding off on buying the new record, which is called Ghostly White, uh, the new deceased record, right? Uh, and I right. told you, I'm like, I've been holding off on that because I wanted to buy it from you guys, and I wanted to wait till I saw you guys again to actually buy it from you dudes, right? And sure, sure. so I came up there finally. I got some time. I ran up there, and you were back there, and we were chatting, and I, I, your wife was sitting there with, with, with the new records there, and I'm like, hey, yeah, give me a copy of that. She's like, well, do you want the the regular black vinyl one, or do you want the glow in the dark? I'm like, you know, it was like, what, a couple bucks difference in price. I'm like, well, give me the right. glow in the dark one. It's cool. She's like, well, here, I want, here, let's, let's take a look at it. I'm like, and she was getting it out. I'm like, well, you don't need to take it out. I'm going to buy it. She's like, and it was this funny thing where I thought she was like trying to like pull the salesman type thing, which no, none of us do that, right? <laughs> none of us do that. I should know better. But I thought she was like, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm going to buy it. And she's like, no, I just want to show it to you because it's really cool looking. And I'm like, oh, it is, dude, it is. And he, yeah, that's what it was. Like, we, I, I do it all the time. And the thing with me is I get like sidetracked while I'm talking to one person. So yeah. somebody else starts talking to me and then I'm ha- holding on to somebody that's going to buy a vinyl. I'm sitting there like juggling their, their vinyl in my hand like a pizza. You know, and they're like, my <laughs> vinyl, what my vinyl? <laughs> you know, like, don't drop my vinyl. No, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it, did, it did look cool. We, we keep doing that. We're like, oh, you got to see the vinyl. People don't understand what the glow in the dark means. And it's kind of oh, like, so cool. like a glow. It's kind of like a glow stick kind of thing. You know, you put up the light and then it just glows and i and i tried to do it when i first got it i couldn't get it to work but i was barely using i think we were using a like a little flashlight and i was like this shit doesn't work this fucker doesn't work we're selling <laughs> bullshit items and shit right and then this guy i said i think i said on my facebook I, I don't know if it glows or not and some guy sent it back to me a video of it glowing like like a, like a fucking volcano no oh, like, yeah this motherfucker does glow <laughs> i've seen it no that, that cracked me out because your wife was that that was that was her whole trip because like i she's like i just want to show you how cool it looks i'm like oh right right yeah totally i'm into that yeah totally cool so yeah i did <laughs> and the, yeah the side four with the silk screen thing too is bizarre super like wait a minute it's oh, only man. three sides it's a three it's a three record set i'm like yeah. no it's a two record set but they're like but there's three sides and like the fourth side there's no music it's just a silk screen it of looks, something. and it looks and super like, cool screen? and then they then they want to see it <laughs> well yeah you have like the silk screen like you guys did on the new album i've seen the etching stuff right. that some people do they'll, they'll do the actual really beautiful looking etchings there where there's sure. no music do not do not, people, if anybody out there listens to records, listens to vinyl, and you get a record with an etching, don't think you can play it. Please, you will destroy your needle. You'll just totally shred the needle, right. guaranteed. Because um, I've heard some people trying to do They're like, well, I thought I could play it. I'm like, do you see any grooves in that thing to lay that needle in, dude? You can't do that. You'll, <laughs> you'll totally wreck it. I, yeah, I know. I, yeah, it's funny you say that because I was talking to a guy a few weeks ago about this old this old Sticks record, Paradise uh theater that from the early 80s obviously you know the too much time on my hands album yeah. and uh <laughs> all the early ones came with this laser etching but that back then played but it was so thin you had to turn it a certain way to see it yeah. and then as time went on and the etching changed and people were doing it without the grooves and stuff it didn't play but people were some people were remembering it like that and then one guy was like yeah i, I can still play i got my sticks record still i was like oh wow. no, no 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 you do not want you do not want to play this <laughs> no not now yeah <laughs> you do not want to play this it'll like trash that. your so, needle yeah, yeah it'll exactly totally trash your Correct, 100%. You don't want to do that. So, all right, a couple things. I mean, and we've talked about this about a week ago, about getting together. Well, we talked about the, about getting together here on, on Ghostly Talk a, a while ago, uh, and we don't sure. really have a plan here. We never really do when we meet up and talk. It's always, But it's always fun, right? And, sure. Um, but I did want to ask you a couple things. I mean, I do want to ask you about the book. 
All right, and the book that we're all knowing well right now called "Stay Ugly: The Life and Near Deaths of King Folly," right? Uh, which is it's like an autobiography. It's like an autobiography on you, right? It is. <laughs> it is. It go. Yeah, it's crazy. It, uh, it goes back to 2010. I was on tour. I was in Las Vegas. A guy named Mike Sloan got in touch with me at the show. Wanted to talk to me afterwards, maybe do an interview. So I said, sure, when the show's over, we'll do an interview. So we went out in front of the club afterwards. Yeah. We started talking, and the guy said, you know, I got a, I got a publishing company, and I haven't done much so far. I do. He does a lot of like, boxing and fighting kind of stuff. And I said, uh, I said that's cool. And he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about getting into writing books about people that are, you know, that are crazy in the underground. And then he said, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. Now, I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass. You know, <laughs> so when I left there, not expecting to hear from this guy ever again, because I've had people before like, oh, yeah, we can do this, and we can do that and we could go into details about yeah. some of that but basically i got back from the tour maybe three weeks later and my phone rings and it's him and he was just like yeah yeah here i am man this is my plan and yeah he literally interviewed me for the next four years like and i'm talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of phone interviews oh wow for years and he and he sort of put down a, a book of his own kind of like right where he was going for and he asked me what i thought of it and i told him i said well the information's there but i said it doesn't really read like me, it reads more like a book report. At least it did to me because I guess I was reading it. But uh, I said, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm not all in on this. You know, I, I like it, but I don't love it. And I said, maybe we could do this and we can do that. And he goes, well, why about you write it? And I thought to myself, well, shit, I could sit down and start typing something, but I've never written a book, so I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me give it a shot. And so literally, I have so much information in my brain, you know, luckily to have this memory. I literally started in like the first, I would say, 100 pages just wrote themselves. It was just like I found where I wanted to start, yeah. starting gate, kind of like, you know, told about my family a little bit and then got rolling on how I got into music, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, everything kind of came from there, getting into girls and getting into, you know, uh, music and all this kind of stuff here and there and just all that. And it, it, it wrote itself about 100 pages. Then it got to the point where I was stuck. I was like, well, I'm just talking about the same thing. I don't want to keep chasing my tail here. Yeah. So I took some time away. And then, and then it, again, like maybe two months and got back to it. And it did another 100 pages, just kind of did it itself. So over time, the next three years, getting up to about, I think it was 2017, um, we, uh, we just kept, I kept going back and forth with him. And he was like, yeah, yeah, do what you want. And then I had finished a book. And I sent it to him. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, you, you know, dot the I's and, you know, get this periods and the commas and the semicolons and all that for me. Yeah. And let's check this out. And he comes back to me and he goes, yeah, it's good. But he goes, I love it. But some of the stuff you've told yeah. me in these interviews isn't in the book now. And I started thinking, well, do I really want to talk about beating, getting him, trying to get in a fight with man of war when I'm talking <laughs> about my mother passing away out of the blue? I was like, it didn't ever fit. I felt like I told the story A to Z. Yeah. And it was complete, and it felt right. And the rhythm was good. Girl stories, you know, party stories, drinking motor oil, all that kind of shit. <laughs> you know, things that just that, that made it the life and death of King Sally. Yeah. So, you know, it needed to be in there in pieces, but I didn't want to overdo it on anything. And I've never liked a book. I read a lot of biographies myself on tons of different people, but I don't like me, me, me kind of stories where, oh, yeah, I was this cool, and I did this. Yeah, fuck yeah, and I, you never did this. Ha, ha, ha kind of shit. <laughs> I just wanted it to be an honest ride the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then I said to him, well, I said, what if we tell us some of the things you think we should read? Maybe, maybe some of the readers that you're talking about want to read this. I said, what if we do a 50 questions thing afterwards? That way you can ask me whatever. I can answer it completely and honestly, but it doesn't fall into a certain spot in the book that throws the rhythm or, you know, or the aura of the book off. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I like that idea. So we did that. And that made me feel happy because we got to talk about things that weren't in the book that made him happy. 
And we yeah. finished the book 2017. Uh, it was around June of 2017. We finished the book and, uh, we uh, we got it out there. He has a he has a as a uh, like I said a publishing company and uh, Burning Media something like that. And yeah. uh, he me and him just kind of worked together here and there. And we, you know I kind of put up my own money for my copies, and he sort of put up his money for his own copies. And we got it out there, you know. And it, it took off quick. I mean, I know with my Facebook friends, they kept saying you should write books, you should write books, you should do those stuff. And fa-, you know, I saw these stories on Facebook. And you do, yeah, you do. I, I know, I, I know, I moved at least three, 400 copies in like a month. Well, you know, and that was out with, was out without yeah. any help from anything else. And he, we looked into Amazon and some of that stuff too, but it just seemed like it was more red tape and just a headache than we, we needed. Just do it on your own. Just do it on your own. Record labels and yeah. stuff. So you just sell it on your own. It's, it's easier. It, yeah. it really is. I mean, uh, I mean, I, how many times, I mean, you are no stranger to this, You've been through the runaround with record labels and all that stuff, right? When it comes to putting art out, music, whatever it may be, um, I, I found that I mean, you know, even at my age, and I'm a little younger than you are, King. I'm at a point now with anything I try to do, including this show. Now, it's like I just want to do it all on my own. I just want to do everything yeah. on my own. I don't want to deal with any people that are trying to get a piece of me that are going to offer me some kind of service or whatever it may be. And I, I say the term service in quotes, right? Uh, I just want to sure. do things on my own. And the fact that you can move that many copies on your own is a testament to that. Um, I, here's the thing. I, I was just going to, because you mentioned the Facebook thing. And Amber and I, I know we've had this conversation. We've like, like the, what, the, what's the term? Unfollow. A lot, yeah. Okay, a lot on there. It's right? not unfriend. It's, it's not unfriend. Unf- it's unfollow. unfollow. Right? We do a lot <laughs> okay. of that. We do a lot of that. Not because <laughs> not because we don't like people and we like to hear what people have to say, but unfortunately, the, the way social media is, and when I say that Facebook and specifically, um, it's overwhelming what you get every day. Like you can't keep up with all this crap, right? Sure. Now, sure. the reason I, I I say all that is that you're. One of the few people that's made it past that filtering process, King. Because, <laughs> Still in there. Because Still in the filter. <laughs> because the reason, and the reason is, is because you mentioned that a second ago, is that you tell really great fucking stories all the time on Facebook about the old days, about beating up Broken Hope, the band Broken Hope, about doing, about, I mean, about all these hilarious things, you know. And I mean, a lot of it mimics a lot of our childhoods too. Like, you know, as far as growing up, like being in the heavy metal and stuff like that, we kind of sure. all, I mean, I don't, I, I'll honestly say King, I never lived as hard as you did. I never will, <laughs> but, but like, um, it's okay if you didn't, it's okay if you didn't drink motor oil. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we all kind of had that, you know, I, I, even back like, you know, that would have been like, uh, God, 15 years ago, almost now you guys used to have your old website, uh, the up the tombstones website dot com exactly yeah and on that site i remember going to that site years and years ago and you guys and that's when mark i think was still doing the website for you guys sure. he was still doing the website yeah absolutely and he had all that whole history thing up there about the band and about you guys right and i remember just being totally just like mesmerized and reading through all that cool stuff because a lot of it i can identify with and, and a lot of it i wanted to know about because i've been a fan of deceased since i was a kid also right so you know, I, what I've always loved about about you as a person and, and the band Deceased is you guys have always been, first and foremost, you've, you guys have always been fans, number one, right? Uh, I think Deceased, obviously, and you, you, I 
tell me if I'm wrong here. You guys started out as fans, and you know the deceased was absolutely. We're, we're me- that's what it starts. With. We're metalheads. We're mu- well. I can speak for myself. I- I'm a music lover. I grew up. Music has saved my soul and my life in so many ways. You guys read the book yeah. knows this, but I, yeah, and my favorite music is heavy metal. Yeah. Um. So it starts. You know. I think a lot, and I think I'd like to think that. <laughs> Let's say 99% of us that listen to heavy metal that play in bands, it's because we started as fans. I mean, I don't really th- know if there's any other way you can start doing this kind of music than to be a yeah. fan of it. I mean, wh- it doesn't seem yeah, it doesn't seem genuine or honest to me either. It's just like you have to start somewhere. You have to get into the, you know, the 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 the, the, the grinding wheel. You have to get in there somewhere and just kind of like learn from your mistakes and yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it, that's the only way to do it. That really is. Yeah, there's yeah. another way to do it, then it's, it's very odd sounding to me. Well, and you know, to dive deeper into that point too, I've often said to people that heavy metal, and I'll, let's just take the term heavy metal, right? Just say heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this to people some a million times. Like, I don't think there's any form of music on the planet that has more, let's say, let's identities. Different hats, different genres, different arms, uh, different roots, whatever you want to call it, right? There's so many different right. faces to heavy metal now that it's it's damn near and you you can you really can't even it's hard to tell anything anymore. I, it's like when we were younger. I mean, yeah, you remember and you know you you'll laugh about this. There was like, for example, like. In the in the late eighties, late eighties, early nineties, we had the whole thrash thing going, right? And then uh, some of these sure. thrash bands decided they wanted to start playing funk along with thrash, right? So sure. You had oh the, my God! Yeah, but yes, I call it the cancers of the underground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you had the you know the Mordreds and the Mind Funks and stuff like that, Ig- right? Ignorance and yeah, all that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's one example. I mean of people trying to incorporate different styles, but I think it also comes from a place of people here. Judas Priest or Iron Maiden or something like that, and they 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 may not be a you know a longtime fan, but they fall in love with it very quickly, right? And they may come from sure. a totally different music background, but they want to play this kind of music too. So that's where you start getting these different spins, right? So and it yeah. goes back to that yeah. idea of starting as a fan, though. Too, you all have to. We I think we all have to start with some type of inspiration. I mean, I hate when I hear that from people like, well, I, I'm. I'm completely on my own. I am. I. I. I I'm. I'm totally original and nothing. Uh, bullshit. The fact that you're holding yeah, the guitar, full, the guitar yeah, in your shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're holding the guitar in your hand is a testament to the fact that you watch somebody on TV or on YouTube or whatever do that, and you wanted to do that too. And there's not a damn thing wrong with that. Exactly. It's great. It's totally great. Yeah, my my thing with the heavy metal, with the, I call it the arteries, the heavy metal arteries, and everything. I think sometimes it works. And sometimes it doesn't. Like for example, I think what I think what Voivod has done oh, is God. very genuine. And now you can put on War and Pain, which is like you know I always say it's like bulldozers fucking sounding kind of music. Yeah. And you can put on Angel Rat, which is which is almost just rock. I mean, it's just been like odd. Let's call it sci-fi rock, but it works. It's the way they got there. A lot of the jumping around, like like you know, like you were saying with the funk. Like if if it just happens overnight, then it's just it's it, it's 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 contrived. It's just, it's, it's horseshit to me. Well, and that's nice. what a lot of people did. Like let's use the grunge movement as the whole thing. How many bands abandoned even the name of calling their own music, heavy metal anymore. I could tell you Metallica did it. And yeah. Rax, I'm talking the bigger bands. They all, all of a sudden were rock and roll bands. Yeah. Cause heavy metal was as stupid as Beavis and Butthead and Grim Reaper and all that kind of shit. All of a sudden it was stupid. It was no longer, it was no longer like it had any maturity or anything to it. It was like worthless, 
childish bullshit. And the grunge all of a sudden was like, oh, these guys are real. They don't need to dress in costumes and do this and that. And, you know, the leather and the denim are all costumes and stuff. But but it was never that way. They weren't costumes. That was just a way of life for those type of people. Yeah. That's the kind of people that brought in the maiden, you know, like, you know, the, the, we'll say the late 70s, early 80s heavy metal movement from the Judas Priest and the maiden and, you know, in the Dio era Sabbath, et cetera. That was just how it was. But all of a sudden it was a bad thing. And when I, and I hate that. That's like the worst fucking era. But what I love about the era is it basically showed who the fucking you know the puppets were who yeah. the puppets were that were dancing for it all and a lot of these people that think these all these bands were leaders and stuff most of those bands were all they are is puppets they're no, puppets. They were. And then, you know when metal came back who came back who all these bands came back we're metal again oh man we were always metal you know the big four of heavy metal and you know all that shit came back and all the all the we'll use those four bands every one of them dip their foot in all that grunge bullshit just to try to stay hip, stay current, relevant. whatever it was, just to stay viable. I agree 100%. It was a really, and that, that, whole time was, that whole time was very strange because, yeah, you did point out some, it, all of a sudden, like overnight, we weren't allowed to say the term heavy metal anymore, right? And me exposing myself to other things, and I've had this conversation a bunch of times in the last year especially, there was... There were some record labels that were coming around, and I'm sure you're familiar with them, King. Like, like Victory Records was the big one, right? Sure. Um, so I remember, I remember this vividly. My friend Jeff let me hear the band Earth Crisis. I'm sure you heard the name sure. of the band Earth yep, Crisis. Yeah, remember them. Fan, yep. You know, and I like that stuff. Fantastic band. Uh, and I heard it. I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I go, this is metal, man. This is badass. This is, you know, I mean, I'm not a big Pantera fan, but uh, I go, this sounds like right. Pantera and Sepultura, you know, are kind of doing their thing together. And this is what Earth Crisis sounds like. I go, this is really great metal. I'm glad there's some bands that are playing some metal again. He's like, and they're like, no, 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 this isn't metal. And I'm like, well, what is it? They're like, well, it's hardcore. I'm like, no, hardcore is minor threat, negative approach. You know, the Chromax to a certain degree. I, you know, I mean, that's when I hear the term hardcore. That's kind of what I thought. It was like more really, like really aggressive punk rock, like even DRI to a certain degree, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I was calling the bands you're talking about. I was calling them macho metal. Yeah, I was yeah, calling them this yeah. like fucking testosterone based stuff. I didn't care personally the sound of any of it, including Pantera. Wasn't my thing. No, I didn't like. But I would really. definitely would have. I would definitely have called it the metal of then. It was you know when remember they put the NU to metal and it was the new metal and this is what's going on here now. You know that's bounced around a lot from everything from this singing one minute to screaming the next. I guess that's scream core or whatever the hell that's called. <laughs> it's 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 losing me as time goes on. Like I'll be out somewhere and the guy's like, "Oh, you like heavy metal, man? You like five finger disc? You know?" Oh God. Or, you know, Slipknot, all, even that kind of stuff. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm like, dude, I'm older than that. And I said, no, somewhere it stopped for me. It just didn't keep going. And it, but it did keep going when I was a kid because yeah. I loved my Iron Maiden and then I loved my Venom. Then I loved my Merciful Fate and I loved my Voivod and my Slayer. Yeah. And it got to like Entombed and we'll say Napalm Death even, which is, you know, yeah, kind of like stuff. borderlining on pure metal, you know. Yeah. But, and then at some point it became stupid to me. It's like, that's as far as I, this is as far as I go. Yeah, no. You know, it, like I'm not liking this this artery of what's going on, so I stop here and I explain that to him. He goes, well, "I get that," because he's like, "Well, I don't want to go back." And he's like, "Well, Iron Maiden to me is is rock." He goes, "It's not even metal to me. It's rock because now it's so soft compared to back then." We can use Slayer as an example. You listen to Show No Mercy, yeah. the first Slayer. Now it's it, it's almost it's it's almost like ballady. It I'm sounds very tame. Funny when I say that yeah. compared to what it became because you hear stuff like. Like, we'll use uh, Fight Till Death or Final Command, the fastest yeah. songs 
they're not very fast now. You listen, and they're they're pretty damn slow. But oh. back then, it was it was the moment in time. I can remember, and I'm sure you too, because with your age just a little under me, when yeah. Van Halen was like the napalm death of of music. Yeah. You know, like Van Halen was about the most intense thing you could find, and that was borderlining in metal, and and you know, it was coming to metal, kind of like that Kiss hybrid, where sometimes the guitars are heavy enough to be metal, but there's definitely a rock and roll, you know, yeah. run to it. I mean, you know, and the thing with that too, I mean, I, I guess. I, I, I've kind of been hitting those walls also. Like, you know, going back to that thing, like uh, the whole like that whole Earth crisis thing I was talking about. Um, yeah, I didn't quite understand that. And yeah, that's a great way. That was a great way to a great name for it too, macho metal, because really it was. I mean, I found over time as I, I listened to these bands and I did like I like those bands. I thought, you know, those right. some people do. Those yeah, first some wave. people kept on going. Yeah, those, for, you, for you, the wall didn't stop there. Yeah, yeah, those, did. yeah. That, doesn't make, that doesn't make you wrong and me right. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, we all have our, we all like what we like. And if that can, if that you're okay with that next continuation, yeah. so be it. Some people still go on. I got friends now that, you know, they live for the the new wave of British heavy metal, and they're still up to all this stuff of the moment. They're they're at Lamb of God banging out and yeah. having all this kind of fun and stuff too. So it just goes where it goes. Well, for me, I know it's happened to me, uh, and I know you, you you have as varied of a palette as I do too, King. Um, I find myself it's usually around every five years something inside me shifts a little bit, right? And every right. heavy metal is is. I know, you know, going back to that idea, I know I've hit walls. I know I, I've been hitting those walls where it's like, you know what, dude? No, because and the reasons are is that every five years, it all starts to all the new stuff that like Amber and I will be driving and she'll put on one of the streaming services and she'll put on like, um, oh, this is the newest stuff that came out this week. Like all the new metal bands that came out this week. I'm like, OK, cool. This will be interesting. Let's let's listen to it. And every damn thing sounds the same to me now. Uh, it's you have so, to do the same band titles, everything. I yeah, know what you're saying. And I'm losing my mind. I'm like, dude, this is just it all sounds the same to me. And and the stuff that and the the stuff that may stick out to me, all it does is remind me of something that I really like a lot, right? They sound like somebody else. Um, not yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, we've gone to the second rate maidens, the third rate maidens, the yeah. fourth rate maidens. This yeah. sounds like priest. This sounds like Halloween. This sounds like Slayer. We've heard that so many times, and those, you know, and, and that's a shame that it got like that. But somewhere, like you know, and this is just not even in the metal thing. The whole world to me, nobody can write a fucking song anymore. Rememberable, thank you. Songs. Where is the powerful choruses of heavy metal? Where are they? That's well, one of the best things about metal to me was the fucking the the, the chorus. Even in your thrash and all that, I mean, when you got to that part, you wanted to scream it, you wanted to sing it, you knew it was coming. Now you hear it, and everything's like broken down into these horrible arrangements. And I think one thing is a lot of people have gotten away from the rock and roll classic arrangements of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. I'm still a big fan of that because to me, that's the best kind of songwriting. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's that's how it all was. But now they just throw it out there, and it's just it's just this beat, you know, this rhythm, flowing rhythm. And you're like, this motherfucker sucks. And I'm just going to point around, I want to wreck the car into the wall, man. <laughs> you know, I'm going down the road here and that. Well, you know, and I mean, I'm all about, I, I, and again, I, I even to this day, I'm trying to expose myself to new stuff. I really want to understand, you know, what's making things tick like today as we speak, right? Well, However, you know, and, I, and I'll try to get into something new. And it's just, it's the exact same formula that you just said. I, I'll buy something I'm like, okay, well, this is something cool I want to check out. And I'll listen to it. And a lot of times nowadays, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put on that Motorhead record. 
That that Motorhead yep. record just it never disappoints me. It's always there for me. It never it's always there. It always makes me happy, whatever it may be, because and it does come down to that idea. I think that yeah, and I was I was going to say this a few minutes ago as we were discussing this. King is, and I've said this to people the same thing about about metal, especially now, is that. Yeah, all I really hear when I hear a lot of newer bands, and it's not taken away from their talent in any way whatsoever. I think a lot of these younger sure. people, man, they got chops. Yeah, they got chops I'll never have. I, mean, I can't play yeah, that. Dude, they're, they're more talented than ever as players, but you know what? They're the worst. I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. And I'll, I'll stand by this. I'd rather hear a Ramones one, two, three, four song that I can sit here and sing and turn it up and love and sing along to than something with 3,476 riffs and they won the, uh, they won the, um, what is that, uh, Guitar Hero, Fastest <laughs> Guitar Players in the World Award. Yeah. When they can't write a song. You can't that's write a song. Yeah. Secret. Songwriters is where it's at. Yeah. No, and that's, that's what I've been saying. I've been preaching that for years. I'm like, all I hear is just what you said, King. I hear newer stuff. And all I really hear is just that. I hear a bunch of riffs. I hear riff mania. And I'm like, okay, that's a cool riff. Oh, that's a cool riff. Oh, that's a cool riff. Oh, the song's done. And I don't, and I got nothing. I I walk away with nothing. I don't have anything stuck in my head. To me, the greatest songs, and I don't really care what genre they are. It don't, this transcends any genre of music. A great song is a great song, period. It's as simple as that. I I love the Go-Go's. Because they write, to me, they wrote really great <laughs> songs. And yeah. I'll, the, the, the only, the only all-female all band to ever have a number one album in the country that was all written by them. Yeah. There was yeah. no outside songwriters on Beauty and the Beat. Yes, yes. And he, you're right. And they, a lot of their stuff goes back to the 60s and 50s, kind of like everything from the surf and the Beach Boys kind of sound to like that, like um, Shangri-La kind of like yeah. uh, ha- almost haunting love songs. If that makes sense, there's stuff on there. I know you've played it to death, probably oh, stuff yeah. like Lust for Love. That oh, stuff is great. You see their influences, but they, but they, they're beautiful and they're and they're great. And most of that you got to account to Charlotte Caffey, the guitar player. She pretty much did all that. But yes, you're exactly right. Those songs have a, you know, you can play the whole record. You ain't got to fast forward. You ain't got to nope. like skip songs. It's all every song has an identity. No, yeah, and it's it's solid through you know through and through, like you said. And you know what? I don't give a shit if I lose street cred. Good songs are good songs, man. It don't matter if it's metal or punk rock or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Uh, it's those are just fantastic songs, and uh, you know that I think that just comes with age. You just you, you learn how to appreciate what really what a good song is. You may learn it by listening to heavy metal, by listening to a bunch of Priest albums, right, uh, or whatever it may be, whatever your thing is. Uh, and then I, I like to think that you go out into the world and you get exposed to different things like that. I know, like I have, and I go, man, this is really cool stuff. You know, well, yeah, it's polka music, but it fucking rocks. I like it. It's good. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> you like it. You're right. Well, I mean, that, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring us over to the Ghostly White album. People have said, man, I keep playing the Ghostly White album over and over. It sticks in my head. Like, metal doesn't do that anymore. Well, you know why? If it does, and I, I'm glad it does, because I arrange these songs. I'm the arranger of these songs. All these pop influences from me as a kid, all those go-go's choruses, all of anything from the cars to mm-hmm. the maiden to all everything metal and non-metal, it's in my head. So I want, when I get to a chorus, I want it to be something you're going to remember. I yeah. want to put something there to get into your brain that latches on, that makes it fun to hear more than once. I don't want to just throw 50 minutes of bullshit at you and call it a new record. I call that rent records, you know. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> do that. I want to create music and songs 
that will always be there for people, you know, and when people said, Oh, the end of new deceased is so good and so catchy and all that stuff. I was happy. You know, I mean, all I want to do is impress myself as a songwriter in the band to be happy with what we've done. Anything extra is extra where we thumbs up to it, but we don't give a fuck if anybody likes us or don't like us. You know, the bottom line is we have to be, uh, you know, happy with what we do because that's why we formed a band. You know what I'm saying? And and people don't realize that that's what's, that's what's, basically running this machine here is all these, you know, I could sit here and talk, we could talk Frankie Valley in the four seasons. We could talk anything, you know, and, uh, and it's just all that stuff stuck in my head when it comes by. I'm like, this is how the chorus needs to go. This is where the memorable part, here's the hook. Here's the fucking memorable hook of the song. Here's yeah. the riff. They keep coming back. That sets up the tone of this song. And that's something I've learned being in my fifties since we've been writing songs back 30, we've been a band 34 years just with Deceased now, yeah. uh, just as learning to be a better songwriter and stuff from the lyrics to the melodies and all that stuff. And that is what keeps me going to keep getting better and better and better. And as you get older, you start realizing this doesn't work. That doesn't work. This is stupid. This was just never should have been part of it. And this is what works. And then that's kind of like you learn your craft. You never master it, but you're always learning. Well, you know, it, Ghostly White, and I'll, and I'll say one thing about, about Deceased, and I, I've said this, and I don't know if you'll understand what I'm saying or not, uh, but I've said this about bands. There's there's a lot of bands I listen to uh, where they're they're really good at doing one thing, right? They're super good at doing one thing, like like, and I'll just say like like a tempo wise, right? Like uh-huh. a lot of, I mean, there's only a handful of Testament records as far as like thrash and metal is concerned that I, I can listen to, uh, and the ones that I that are good are really good. But I always said, okay, Testament is at their best when they're playing like that good mid tempo. You say, you know, that one, two, one, two, one, two thing, right? That's raging. When they try to play the fast polka beat shit, right? It was a complete disaster. It just didn't work for me, right? Uh, And I I say that about a lot of bands. Like, just some bands are better. They sound... It's maybe just how my ears work. I don't know. But it's like, I... I, I like a band. Oh, that, that band sounds great when they play really fast. That band sounds great when they play really slow. You know, now deceased though, and I've, listened, sure. I've noticed this on your last few records. Um, well, I mean, all along, I mean, it's because you, you know, with all the influences you've been pulling in that you've talked about. Um, one thing I've noticed, especially with Ghostly White, is that this record shifts back and forth. Right, it it, it shifts back and forth all over the place, but it all makes sense and everything sounds really comfortable wherever you're at whether you're playing fast whether you're playing i like slow. that word comfortable from you i like that that's that's how i feel too yeah it feels it feels right yeah it feels yeah right yeah because i mean i just you know and maybe that's just my intuition kicking in because when i listen to certain bands play it sounds like to me like well we got to play this fast because that's what the kids want to hear <laughs> or shit like right. that right um, exactly see that's that, that's not our that's not our thinking when i know we did the album and uh i think it was shane said oh you're gonna come out with the slow song to open up the record we always come you know we usually come out with the fast ripper and just get your attention and you know then we'll dig into some of that i said no let's come out with the fucking the you know the 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 the, the, the i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but the thunder is kind of like mid-tempo let it keep going build up some of that brooding you don't want to come out with something really haunting and marching and it reminds mrs allardyce is the track i'm talking about and it's yeah. very venomish to me it has that seven gates of hell kind of yeah. like silent creature another deceased song kind of you know that that kind of thing for a while then you get to your middle part and we try to open it up and show some of our stuff and start harmonizing and double basing and then picking up the energy and stuff and then shane was like oh that's that's surprising and then people were like whoa whoa, whoa wait a minute the second song is 13 and a half minutes that's the <laughs> second song on the record i'm like it's not you're expecting it to be the closer you're expecting it to sit yeah. in a certain spot and i wanted to, to 
to deliberately throw it off kilter and weird people out. Then all of a sudden the third song, you get these like real melodic songs that you can hear made so much Maiden, yeah. so much of that, you know, traditional heavy metal style. And the third song we come out and it's like, all of a sudden it's like the fastest speed of light songs we've ever done. You hear the Sodom, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 um, you know, the, uh, what am I trying to say? The delay on the vocals there with, you know, and all that and the bulldozer type of shit comes out of there. And it's like, those are the influences. And then I tell the guys and they're like, yeah, this is cool. It's like, you don't set it up for any form because then you're formulating yourself into a style you know you know this in the 80s every album back in the 80s in heavy metal like almost every song the opener was the was the fast one yeah okay it was the one of the fastest tracks on the record or it came in with the, what i call the queen of the right screen where it was just oh ah! yeah they were off and going you know that was a formulated thing for a long while yeah and by the way, that was the worst Queen of the Right scream ever given <laughs> on, on on the air. <laughs> but that, but that's just what I'm saying. Like you know, I want to I want to still be different in 2019 and 2018. I want to be di- I wanted to be different enough that we still can throw you some loopy loops there. There's still things that you can make it different enough to confuse people without confusing them. And when you said comfortable, that I like that word. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in the future myself. Well, it just fe- I listened to that new record uh, again, uh, Ghostly White, uh, and it's, that was what I thought when I sat there. I mean, even watch you guys play this stuff. When we, like I said, we saw you guys play in Chicago a couple months ago, and I was wa- I right. was hearing the new songs and even the old songs too, uh, and it, it all just seems to work. I, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't like this record, uh, but you know, and, and I'm not comparing you guys necessarily to that, but it felt the same way to me as the last death record, the, the sound of perseverance. A lot of people don't okay. like that album at all, right? They, they they say it's too metal, it's not death metal enough, and all that shit. And to me, it's his masterpiece, Chuck Schuldner's masterpiece, because okay. it, everything feels so comfortable. It it all just sure. flows perfectly. It works for you. It works, yeah. Um, I, you know, and I, I don't know if that's what he was going for. I think he was just writing. He was writing. He was just writing his songs. Uh, but that's kind of how I felt the same way about listening to Ghostly White. It's just this. It, it just all made sense. It feels right. It's not, you know, and I in saying that, I'm not saying there's like, oh, it's predictable. It's not that at all. It just feels right. It feels good, you know, and it's it's hard to find that a lot of times with music nowadays. I agree. I mean, my, my thing with it when it was when it was said and done is that, you know, I felt like, oh, you know, a lot of things I've wanted to do for so long, things that we've all wanted to do. Like we had talked before about doing one, an album with just one song, like a 50 minute song was going to be an album. Me and Mike Smith, the guitar player, yeah. who writes most of the almost all the riffs. He, you know, he was saying, you know, well, yeah, maybe we'll do that. So I was like, well, let's try this. We were going to do a 15 minute song, what we originally planned out to do. And when it was done, I, I looked at him and I said, of course, we you know these guys hadn't heard it with vocals yet or anything. It was all in my head, so I kind of had a little bit of an advantage of a head start on what I knew it was going to sound like in the end. So when they got the record and they heard the vocals and everything done, they were like, "Oh, I get it, I get it now. Yeah, I understand." <laughs> you know, sometimes they were like thinking, "Where's he going to put vocals? How's he going to make this work? Is yeah. it going to become thing where he just screams over parts and then become what we were talking about ten minutes ago with that you know, you know, metal that ugh." Yeah. kind of stuff and i was like no there's gonna be i said there's gonna be vocal hooks everything and the thing that i'm most proud of and you know i'm not one to you know sit here and uh lick my own ass <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, i'm really proud of the fact that it's it, the vocals are still very barbaric and very they are they are but every every word is legible every it's not because that's the worst 
thing in the history of quote-unquote death metal, which we could get into another subtopic about what death metal really is, but that guttural death metal that took over kind of in the later 80s, where everything's just, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? He's eating the microphone, and then it got, to me, even to me, it got stupid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want the vocals to be heard. One thing about the cease is I want, I'm trying to dramatize and create a fucking scenario, a horror film, a horror vibe, visual, whatever you want to do, just a, just a sense of dread to our songs. And I want to be that guy in the story that's, you know, on fire or being eaten by witches or whatever the fuck I'm singing about. You know what I'm saying? At the time, I want it to come out, come out in, in, in harrowing fashion. Well, there's that element of class, though, too, that you guys have always had. I've always said that about you guys is that, yeah, um, there is that brutality that you have in your vocal work and in the music, too. Right. Uh, but there's always that right. level of slickness and class, I call it, that that sheen the music has. And that is the melodies and, and those and the really involved lyrics and stuff like that. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I like so. I mean, as far as like, and I know you, you, that real low end death metal. Right. Um, there's yeah, a lot of I mean, there's a lot of there's some bands that works, but you look at them like you said earlier, like they're really good at doing this. There's bands that are really good at like that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's stuff like that, like a like uh, a repulsion. We'll go to repulsion for an example. That horrifies a classic. Yeah, not every word's legible no. completely, but it works. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, it does. Now for me, it doesn't work at all. And I can some of our earliest records, like Luck of the Corpse, or yeah, we'll just say Luck of the Corpse, like. Back then, I remember Doug, our old guitar player, saying, man, you got to get it more low end, more guttural like these singers of now. And I was like, I'm going for the more shrieks, more the more fucking harrowing, you know. Screaming. And I was yeah. more from the school. Uh, I was more from the school of Wendy o. Williams or like Sheepdog from Razor. That's more, more, I was more of a ah, kind of guy, you know, or yeah, Blessed yeah. Death. I wasn't from, a, you know, the school of the, the low gurgle kind of thing. It just wasn't my thing. I, did, I, I wanted to be, you know, harrowing again. Well, yeah, you want to cut through the mix, though, too. I found that a lot of... <laughs> you from, want to cut through the mix. Well, yeah, from, from, I mean, too. from a more technical standpoint, I mean, and there's, I mean, I've listened to probably in about the last maybe two weeks, there's been a lot of, like, new death metal releases uh, that have been out and, from, labels, yep. from labels all over, the, all over the place, right? And they're all really good bands. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from any of them. They're all fantastic bands. It's a lot of incantation worship, I found, for one thing. I mean, incantation, right. like the first couple, like the first incantation record, which to me is, a, you know, it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever heard. Uh, and it's, it's, right. it's mud. It's pure mud as far as a mixed job is concerned because they didn't know how to mix that shit back then. <laughs> they had no idea, right? Sure, sure. Um, I, I, exactly. However, we, that's we were what, all learning. We were young. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, it was, and it's a happy accident because it's this brilliant album, Onward to Golgotha, came out, and I think there's a lot of bands now that really have taken that. Especially, I don't know. There's this weird thing now. I think in the last like five, ten years, there's been a lot of like, as far as death metal's concerned, there's this idea of it sounds like incantation. So I've heard, like, as I said, a, a last week and a half, I've heard a bunch of different, uh, new bands, new albums, and they're all in that real. Low, like super down tuned, low downtrodden, and yeah. they they down tune the guitars really low. And I can't talk. I play in a band that's tuned down really low, also. But um, they they and hey, I can't growl that low. That's super cool that you can do that. And I know it it requires a lot to do that. So not taking away from any of the talent these people have, but it kind of all just kind of muds together in a ball of just a ball of mud that I can't really decipher what's going on. 
right? Uh, yeah, my thing is, yeah, my thing is, it, it becomes monotone. It becomes the same thing repeatedly, yeah. and there's just no dynamics to it. There's no here, there, and, and elsewhere. It's all literally you're in one spot, and you just take your hand and go in a straight line, like a flat line, right across the screen, and that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, for for you know the the noise that's going on while uh, the blood falls on Carrie at the prom. You know what I'm saying? Just that. Yeah. If you yeah. let me watch Carrie, listen to that noise going on when that whole scene's going down with the prom, and then there's there's your death metal vocals are going on. Just just remember I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit here because I did want to sure. I did want to talk about, and I'm really happy we talked about that. I know I know the the paranormal people who listen to this show and be like, oh my god, they've been talking about death metal for the last 40 minutes. It's wrong. What the hell's going on what here? What the fuck? Because this is what we yeah. do. We're a couple of nerds. This is what we do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> However, deceased, and this is kind of how we struck up, uh, you know, our, our conversations. And, you know, we had you on the show in the old in- incarnation of the show a handful of times many years ago, too. And that's why I want to talk sure. to you again on here. And the reason that I did, you know, kind of reach out to you was based on the paranormal and ghosts and stuff like that. Because there was always, you know, you know, webbing through deceased discography all your albums and songs and whatnot was always this element of the paranormal the afterlife ghosts and things like that i mean christ i mean and it couldn't have been more timely that the newest album is called ghostly white which i thought sure. was hysterical right, right? right so i i do want to ask you about as far as like you know inspiration of course uh you know and i know you know even maybe maybe life stuff as far as ghostly life's <laughs> ghost i can't talk today ghostly white's concerned What's some of the inspiration? I know there's stories that had to go along with this record. I'd like to hear a couple of them if you have them. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, my favorite deceased album is Supernatural Addiction, which is from 2000. And I was really inspired. It was such great timing by the 1999 Blair Witch movie, which for me brought back that childhood fear of what's in the dark, what's under the bed, what's yeah. around the next bend kind of stuff. And it just happened to hap- it happened to come when we were doing that record. And it really, it really carried all four of deceased at the time, me, Mike, Mark, and Les, to the point where we were seeing the movie. We, I think we saw it like five times before it even got popular and was in the, before it was even in the goddamn, you know, the mall circuit of things. We'd see that these little art things and stuff because I'd gotten wind of the movie early on. Yeah. And it kind of guided us and stuff, which started getting us thinking, talking about these legends uh the goat man was something we played on the record because we were in we were in maryland at the time and i'm sure you've got your own goat man stories up your way and we have ours over here yeah but we were in maryland and the goat man one of the first stories was of the goat man over there so it was these legends and things and why we did the record i was taking from things as a kid that influenced me mainly literature which i used like for example the telltale heart from Edgar Allan poe was something i did because that was just a story when i was a kid that instantly struck me as creepy with this heart under the floor beating yeah. and stuff it was easy to take in even as a scholastic uh book reading club of third grade when i bought when i got that book that it was easy to take in even as a youngster it, it wasn't like this big intricate story it was just this heart's beating under the floor this man's dead and he's not really dead and that was enough to scare me as a kid yeah. so as i got a little bit older and i started seeing movies and things of the sort which ended up on that record too and stories like the hitchhiker tale of the woman you know the woman that's dead and every night somebody brings her home to her mother and she explains they're dead she's dead they don't believe it and something you know happens in the story where something they had is now part of the story and then they realize it's real 
things like that always, always fucked with me, always played on my mind. You know, even as a kid, I can remember going back to uh, our house on Providence Street after my, my dad died uh, when, when he was 28. I was five years old. My dad died. And uh, when we moved to this house after we got out of this apartment where we lived with my dad, when he, when he passed away, we, got, we finally got to this house. It was a very rundown, cheap house. You know, we were a very poor family. Yeah. But the house had this real creepy aura to it. And you're talking 1975. So I was about six or seven years old here. And uh, it was the weirdest thing. And I think it set me up for my entire life. A lot of weird shit happened to that house. And I know we've talked about some things, you know, from the, the Venom record story later on. Yeah, I think yeah. we talked about the, my next house where the, uh, the, 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 the dead, the dead uh, daughter lived out over there. And uh, this was like in the 2000s when that happened. But from this story from 75, which I talk about in my book, was very weird to me because I was just a kid. And in that house, I used to think, what is making me scared? It wasn't your typical childhood fears. It wasn't your typical the boogeyman. It wasn't that kind of thing with me. Something really got into my psyche there. And I thought through all these years, and here it is all these years later, 45 years later, we'll say. And I'm thinking, was it my dad's funeral? Was it just death coming to me at such a young age in my family? And, you know, I don't remember dealing with it or anything like that. I do remember my dad's funeral and things like that. But it's just something that got into my psyche when I was there. And uh, it was very weird. And then when it came time, and I'm going to switch gears, but switch gears right back. When it came time to write the book, I wanted to tell some of my supernatural tales in there. Yeah. Hey, you know, the, the guy wanted some of that. And I went with this one that was that happened there and it's always freaked me out was that one day my okay one day in the 80s me and my mom were watching poltergeist 2 the movie poltergeist 2 neither of us had seen it that's oh, yeah. we rented it or something and we had it on a vhs and we were watching it and when the scene when the, the man came on the screen you know the preacher man came knocking at the door my mom looked at me and she said turn it off that's that's said, creepy what, you, what? And i started laughing i said what are you talking about she said turn the fucking movie off <laughs> and i was like what, what's going on mom we were just sitting here finding dandy and she was dead serious and then she, I, I paused it, I think, and then she said, no, 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 turn it off. I don't want to see the man. And I said, what's going on? She said, I'm going to tell you something I've never told nobody. She goes, you're not going to remember this. But I see, and she went back to the house in Providence Street, 1975, and she said, one day she'd come home for lunch, okay, did to get the mail. She came in the house, she was eating her lunch, and she was sitting there, and a man came up to, the, came up to deliver the mail, and she said, it was, looked just like this man here on the movie. And I'm like, so? And she goes, well, let me, let me finish the story. And I said, uh, what's going on? What, what? And my mom started getting really like, I hate to, I'm not trying to sell it out, but ghostly white. Yeah. <laughs> she started get, turning ghostly white. And she said, this man was deaf. And I said, how do you know that? She said, he told me, have you checked the man in the basement? And my mom said, my grandfather was living in the basement at the time. He was, we were getting his check to help us support this house. He had no place to go. He was elderly. Yeah. And she said, what do you mean? He said, the man is dead in the basement. And I, I said, uh, uh, what mom, are you making this shit up? Cause you know, I'm, you know, my mom was fun person. <laughs> okay. <And> I said, <laughs> you making this shit up? She said, no, she said, I'm, she said, I'm dead serious. So the man turned, turned around and started walking down our long driveway. This was a pretty big open front yard. And she had Tommy, who was my basically my stepfather. Basically, he uh, went down the basement. And he looked, and her grandfather was dead, in the bed, dead. Oh my god! So yeah. this, I mean, and, whoever uh, she, yeah, and she would. She said she, you know, looked in horror, freaked out, tried to explain to him what had just went on. 
then a man came up the street and it was a man, it was the, the real mailman. And she said, do you know this man? He just dropped off some of these flyers. Cause he basically, she said she dropped them off junk mail. And, uh, he said, no, I don't even know who you're talking about. So that was the end of that. Okay. So she told me that death was in that house. Okay. Yeah. Now you get to me with the aura when I was a kid, that something got into my psyche for the, for the rest of my life. I know it's there for the rest of my life. Okay. And, uh, I looked at her and I'm just getting goosebumps now talking about it. Cause I just remember my mom just looking at me going, yeah, don't, don't put that movie back on. Don't put it on. Yeah. Okay. So that stayed with me, which gets us all the way back to supernatural addiction, which is going to get me talking about the ghostly white stuff that you originally asked the question about. So when we <laughs> did the record in 2000, all that was there, but I didn't feel like I got to pull it all out of me. I felt like I almost took, uh, uh, a simpler path than I really should have. It was, there was ideas for that record. We didn't get to do and things I wanted to do, which included Mrs. Allardyce as far back as 2000. And here it is 18 years later, finally on a record on a album, but I wanted to pull deeper. I wanted to pull deeper. So the next few records for deceased, I kind of, I kind of danced around it because we'd just done those stories. You know, the mourners, the mourners veil was more of a simpler record, yeah. more four minute stuff, except for the victims and a master plan, which was on the West Memphis three, but totally different kind of horror there. And then that, then I got sick and all that. So we did, as the weird travel on 2005, I'd had my stroke and stuff. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff about life and death and that angle. Well, then we got the surreal overdose into, in, uh, basically 2011 and i started thinking more of the real world the real horrors of the world the child molesters the hospitals that that just kill people the nurses that are taking people's lives in these hospitals just the real horrors of the world disease death drugs etc yeah and i started writing about that and it became such a haunting record to me that i kind of like left it there and i was like i was just about to tip the iceberg and then i thought to myself when it came time for ghostly white i said you know I need to get the real horrors of surreal overdose with those influential yet fictional tales from supernatural addiction that meet somewhere in the middle and I'll get the perfect balance. Yeah. So we came in, we took a few songs from movies, whether it be Mrs. Allardyce, which is taken from the 76 movie burn offerings, Karen Black, mm -hmm. Alan Marie, uh, Betty Davis, or the pale surroundings, which closes it, which is let's care Jessica to death movie, which is one of those things when I was nine years old and, and going to elementary school after school, going to a friend's houses because my mom had to work two jobs because, you know, we didn't have a father and she needed to keep all our kids. I yeah. go to these houses and watch these four o'clock movies and not understand trilogy of terror or <laughs> for example, let's scare Jessica to death. They would just freak me the fuck out. I was a kid. Everything that visual comes at you. It's like when Gene Simmons got your money when you were a kid, cause he was so freaked out. It just took to your kid's eye. Yes, you know he did. And, yes, they, he did. What, and that stuck with me. Okay. But what I'm getting at, here's, here's the one. So for me, on this record, I was like, okay, this stuff is easy to do for me. I can do this easy now. The Black Christmas song about the shivers. These are songs and movies that I grew up with that influences me in a fictional way. But then you got to the nonfiction stuff. And the one that really gets me and the one that's going to stay with me the most and it's, I'm most proud of is that 13 and a half minute song, Germ of Distorted Lore. Yeah. And that title comes to me as my play on the boogeyman, the real boogeyman. And now the real boogeyman of the world is not this creepy crawly that's under your bed and in your closet and everywhere. It's the neighbor next to you. It's your parents. It can be your brother and sister. Just all the real horrors of the world that happen, probably while we're talking on this phone, a couple have happened to awful things to people because of these the boogeyman things. And basically how I get to the boogeyman is, 
I re- I've read so much upon these stories and of just the way they twisted these tales back in the day to get it so it was almost tongue in cheekish. So they didn't basically say, well, hey, well, what, you know, what happened to mommy? Well, daddy cut her head off and f- fucked her corpse when no, she was no. dead. And I'm not, you know, I'm being vulgar and, and sincere at the same time. But these things this happen. They, they, these things sick happen. The world is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so I'm saying that then it becomes the boogeyman, the man in the cape, the man, you know, whatever it is, it's just the, the worst thing in your mind. But these kids get this watered down version of it. So my germ of distorted lore was basically the, the, the lore being that the tale is twisted, it's it twisted. And the distortion is is basically watering it down, simplifying it and PG 13ing it for the kids to scare them to go to bed. You know, yeah. that's to me, that song right there is got to be the most morbid song I've ever written that's been a part of my life. And I want to get even deeper into this kind of stuff with the next record. I want to go even more so into this real deep, but literally for me, just nerve cringing stuff. That's just, that's reality. You know, I mean, it's that, that's what does it for me. And that's why we were, we were talking 15 minutes ago about the late eighties death metal and the blah, 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 and the incantations <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's death metal. You want to call it death metal. They want to think about the end of the world or, you know, what necrophilia, whatever, you know, all these stories that we've all done and these, these uh, storylines of lyrics and stuff. But for me, death metal is more than that. To me, it's, 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 it's nerve grabbing. It's, it's an aura. It's a true sense of dread. It's a, it's a, it's it's just dread. It's something that you have to hear in the music. It has to come to you and get inside your bones and in your skin. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It no longer is all about headbanging and having a good time. And it's just so weird for me because I'm the nicest guy in the world. I'm the happiest guy in the world. And you've seen us play live many times. Oh yeah. We go there to have fun. We go there to have fun. But yeah. and here's the but. When it comes to making records, I want to go for the darkest, deepest freak you out fucking tales that I can come up with. There's no heroes. There's no winners. There's no survivors at any to see song. There'll never be one. Every song has a fork in the road. Yeah. It's, it's all, it, that's how I write. That to me is my in parentheses and quotations into whatever you want to call it. Death metal. Well, yeah, you know, and my favorite death metal has always been just what you said. It's, it's, it's a mood. You actually feel something, you know, not just, yeah. like I said, I, you know, oh, I'm going to bang my head to that. No, uh, to me, you know, especially, you know, the death metal to me has always been the heaviest form of music, you know, and I know there's, you know, uh, there's heavier stuff. No, there isn't because death metal really to me is it's it's the first form of music I ever heard that really did disturb me, I think. Like truly disturbed sure. me. Like, like, yeah, like watching a really screwy horror movie. It, it, it affected me the same way. And to have a group of people write music that can make you feel that way. Like you're like, you're watching a horror movie. That to me is true art right there. True art. That's, uh, that's what I'm trying to do, bro. That's what the yeah. is trying to do. And we're, we, we're going to keep trying to get better and better at it. My comparison is this. I'd like to think of deceased as Jacob's ladder. While I like to think of bands like incantation and stuff more like a Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's you know true. No, yeah, not so deep. I, yeah. Definitely, definitely nothing happy about a guy running around cutting people's heads off with a machete. I'm not trying to like be like, oh, that's that's kid stuff and stuff because it's not. No. But that's that's how I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to fuck your mind. I'm trying to fuck your mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what lyrically I'm speaking for. Musically, what I ask the guys when we write these songs and we arrange these songs and we record these songs is, 
get inside the psyche of this song. This is what's going on in my head. This is what I, you know, I'm trying to feel. And I want that music to match the, the aura of what I'm trying to create. I don't, you know, you can't take something happy and fast. And like you said, poke a beady. And then I'm going to sing about what I just told you about German distorted lore. No, it's not going to work. No, you it, know, it, it may to be, if people don't care what you're singing about and they just hear vocal melodies or as they would say, screaming, then yeah, sure. It's nothing. But for the people that really want to read the lyric sheet and get deep, deep, deep into this stuff, that's what we're going for. And, and I honestly and truly can't think of anybody, any band, that really does that, you know, and that's what I think is our angle. That's definitely my angle moving forward. And for the last years, I, I look, I have my records in front of me on the wall so I can see them all. I'm thinking luck of the corpse. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to write, you know, rhyme world with something. I'm, you know, let's make this word rhyme with this line and stuff. That's all I'm thinking. I'm writing about grave robbing. I'm writing about cemeteries. I'm writing about the end of the world typical stuff yeah. then you try to move into you know as you, as you learn and then lyrically you know i don't think i got even close to even at 50 percent until supernatural addiction you know i'm going past the first four records to even get to that and i'm i think about now i'm about a seven in, in in my ratings how good i think i am i think i'm a seven i really i'm really impressed with some of the stuff i've done some of them like i like at some point and then i, I back off like i can do better i you you gotta feel that way you and then i've always been one to even rate my own music i study our videotapes and we play shows because i always want to get better everything's a lesson everything's a step to get even better no, and that's true. I think that should be for that. That's that's a great analogy on life, right there. I think I think more people should be self evaluating like that, not just with their art, but as a person. Uh, and yeah. you know, I think that's something. I, mean, I know I'm doing that all the time. I mean, you know, and you fail, you try things, you, you experiment. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny as you were saying this too. I just I, I glanced down at my monitor and I I did look at the lyrics for Germ of Distorted Lore, and it's like three pages of lyrics. <laughs> It's, it's insane. <laughs> well, that's another thing, too. Like, look, yeah, you got a lot of lyrics. I'm like, if it's not complete, the story's not complete in my mind, then yeah. it's not all there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not well, all there. I can't I can't run out of music, and then the story stops there. Like, it's got to go from A to Z. It just does. Like I was saying about the book, if it's the story's all there, then cool. I'm happy. If it's not all there, then I'm like, fuck, it's incomplete. But we ran out of music, and I, you know, and I don't try to overkill it with lyrics either, but I try to say what I need to say. Yeah. You know, one thing you said there, it kind of got my brain going in this direction, uh, was – you know, we were, you were talking about like the real horrors, like, you know, th there are people as we know, and yeah, as we talk and record this show right now, some horrible thing is probably happening to somebody as we speak. It's a really, sure. and it is. you know, it I, is, and that's the thing. That's even the horror of the thing. It's not maybe it is, and it will always happen to yeah, somebody. And that's, that's the real horror going even over past your thing. It's happening now. It'll be happening when we hang up the phone, it'll be happening when we're sleeping, yeah. it'll be happening when we wake up tomorrow and so on and so on. And it will never stop yes yeah. the horror of it all now you know i'll openly admit that i do have a bit of a, a penchant for for true crime i i i, I do you know is sure. it kind of like my some... wife my wife lives for it and i like it too yeah. i see a lot more than i probably would if i didn't have my wife my yeah. wife loves it we <laughs> see a lot together sure go ahead I'm, no no it's cool no yeah. it's cool no you're cool so but the thing is um i've been watching a, a particular series as of late and it's and one thing that's been going through my mind with that is this this particular series, this guy kind of really dives in and he kind of dives into some very disturbing cases, like some very disturbing people. I mean, these are some really messed up people. Right. And right. 
maybe, and I think it finally struck this, you know, this chord in me after listening to a handful of this guy's stories and his presentations. And I'm like, man, you know, and it, it's, it's a feeling of helplessness. I think I have because, because yeah, I mean, even this guy, while he's trying to kind of be more, you know, presentation, like we, we both know that it's a, it's a form of entertainment, right? So right now going on to the lighter side of things like that, you do see like, you know, true crime, marriage disposal, kill them for the insurance money, blah, 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 you know, all that crap. Right. Sure. Um, where it does make, you know, you know, I, I know I've done it. I'm like, oh boy. Oh, another one of these things. Okay. So they were happily married for a couple of years and she got tired of his shit. So she had her buddy blow his head off and throw him in a ravine <laughs> for the insurance money. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and now I, you're giving a, now you're giving a promo for snapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nobody, I mean, like we, I mean, but okay. So fine. It were, you know, it, you know, I giggle about that and it's like, okay, it's the same. Okay, fine. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it gets made light of. I mean, it like it really does. It's, exactly, it's being made light you, you, of. You've got exactly what I'm what I'm talking about with the back to the boogeyman. Exactly, it's it's so commonplace to us that it's not that weird to us anymore. It's just oh, that's okay, that happened. And and here's another thing, just to throw it even more for a loop. Yeah, crime TV is the most popular TV on uh, there is. There's nothing more popular than the, those no. that channel. A cop, the whole, a, they know all the crime channels. Everybody's dude. People live for forensic files and all those fucking oh, yeah. those shows. They they live for it. People love it. You know, it, it, there's something about it that touches us all. It's like there's some kind of like it's it's a it's it used to be taboo. You know, I mean, back in the day, like someone getting killed. Now in this day and age, which is the craziest thing is, nope, most people don't give a fuck anymore. I mean, look at all the school shootings and all this stuff. There's there's nothing that well there is if you're if you're smart like I try to be there's nothing to live for for most people there's they feel like the government's fucked them they feel like their their you know their lives are fucked up whether it be as simple as crazy creepy shit in the food or the pills that everybody are on or the, the drugs everybody's on et cetera et cetera et cetera yeah. but most of the world is is in fucking despair. They don't care. There's nothing. Okay, I'm, I'll go. You know, it used to be like, I'll kill you. If you do that, I'll kill you. And they'd be like, I love my life. You don't, I don't want that to happen. Now it's like, kill me. You don't have to kill me. I'll kill myself. That's part of the procedure now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what's making it even more fucking eerie and haunting and fucked up. As it's getting, it, it, the, the locomotive is picking up steam, dude. Yeah. And it's not getting, you know, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. That's, but that's what scares the living hell out of me. As I watched, yes. like I said, I was watching this other series I was watching and it started to really kind of ring with me. I'm like, man. I have no control over this. I, you know, and I mean, that's my little downfall I have is it's the anxiety sure. and things like that that I have. Uh, and it's like, I can't, some maniac like this could just like, I could just be walking into a Walgreens one day to grab a six pack of Coca-Cola or something. I mean, whatever, right? Go in there to get something and some maniac could just come out of nowhere. Shoot me, stab me, kick me, hit me with a brick, hit me with a baseball bat. I mean, and you have no control over that. This weird human experience we have as right. people, we're so vulnerable all the time, it seems like, as exactly. people. Because I think, I think, and even us, like, you know, like metal people, you know, like us, I mean, well, frankly, metal people, I hate to go off on a tangent, but metal people are the most like lovable people I've ever met in my life. All the metal heads I know, it's like, true. every festival I go to, it's, it's a freaking love fest. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. <laughs> but, but beside, aside, it's the real Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. It is. But I mean, but outside, but you know, what I was saying though is, 
I think, you know, people in general just want to live their lives in peace. They just want to go and do their thing and, and achieve some goals and, ha and have some humble dreams for their lives, things that, that, that you know, have influenced them. They, they want to join a band. You know, they, they don't want to be rock stars, but they heard Iron Maiden like we have when we were growing up. And we and we wanted to do that, do something like that, too. You know, and we, you know, we had dreams and we're just doing what we like to do and enjoy ourselves. It, simple, humble things. Right. I think it's all people really want to do with their lives. Uh, and it seems like there's just this element. And I don't even say I don't want to say there's evil people in the world. There's just this element. I mean, it may be supernatural. I don't know. But there is this thing in the world that makes all that stuff not happen. <laughs> I don't know any really eloquent way to say it. Um, it just seems like, you know, you just want to do something. Just be your per be who you want to be. And there's always this. Yeah, you want to live your life. You want to be left alone. You want to yeah. do your dreams. You want to, like, be a, you know, a good person in society. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's just clogging up with more and more of this. And it's a lot dread. of it's our own doing. I mean, you know, we could get way off subject here. And, I, you know, I would, I would personally go to and say it's pretty much most of it's greed. It's, it's, it really is. And this is going to sound like maybe I'm going nuts in my fifties here, but the food we're eating, dude, the shit that food, all this shit there, people are becoming monsters and or babies are coming out like 15 pounds now. And all this, it's just this crazy shit. They're going to the world to speed up things and make more money. And you know, all these doctors that are going to jail for these, with the, you know, these, these heroin pill fucking doctors and shit, these, all this shit, that's like an epidemic beyond proportion. I mean, now we're back to ghostly white, which endless. Well, the first track on the second, uh, Oh, well, on the, on the second of the three records set or the, you know, the, yeah. I call the beating aside too, back in the old days, you know, that talks about all that shit. They don't care. Your pharmacy down the street, you're supposed to be there for you to get a pill so you can feel better when you need it. Your doctor's supposed to supply you with the right stuff and the right amount of it. They don't care. So you know what? All these motherfuckers are hooked on something. And they, they, because the doctor's getting a bump from the, you know, the pharmaceutical people and, it, and all that, it just gets deeper and deeper. Then you, know, you got people on pills, weirded out by food. The world's already fucked up. The government's fucked them. They don't want to give them food stamps, so they don't want to, you know, help them get a job or they don't want to pay them nothing to have a job. Next thing you know, you have all these things working against you. So what does a person say? You know what? I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. I'm just going to shoot a bunch of fucking people for no reason. Maybe they're jealous of what they do have, or maybe they feel they're doing them a, 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 a good thing by killing them off because they feel like they're as bad off as they are. And they're, yeah. they're all go down together. You know, I'm doing, I'm saving your life by taking your life but kind what? of stuff. It, it's, it, you can really get deep with this shit in your head. Oh, you know? I know. These are the horrors that are coming to me as I go forward lyrically with deceased. Well, you know, and the, uh, there's the other side of it though, too. I, I think about a lot is that, yeah, there's the downtrodden, but there's also the other side of it that, that and it's not just the upper 1%. It, it's it's middle-class America, too, I think. Um, I think everybody, male or female, want to be their own king or queen, right? When I say that, right. they all want to have, they all want to have it all. But it seems like, uh, uh, you, know, you know, what I see a lot of is just that, is that, you have billions of people now that want to have it all. They want to have, they think they're in, you know, and I'm not going to go into the whole entitlement thing at all. I want to stay away from that. But I think there is this mentality that you have, again, you have billions of people jumping at the dangling carrot, right? And I think as yeah. a result of that, it goes back to that idea, like you said, greed, right? Um, it's all greed. People, greed runs the world. I think. I'm, 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 yeah. I think people are more prone nowadays 
to not have any problem stepping on somebody else's head to get where they want to get, right? Uh, yep. I know I know. I come from a, a place, and I know you do too, King, where there was an, a code of honor with certain things. Like, no, man, you don't screw your friends. No, man, you don't screw right. that person to get ahead. You do it on your own merits. You don't stick that person. You don't throw that person under the bus. You, you treat people with respect, and you do your thing. Yeah, you back do, when a man's, man's handshake was a man's yeah, handshake. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, I mean, and I, you know, again, I'm not some rah, 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 but it's like, no, there was, there's a code of honor that we, we – and I still follow that myself, um, where it's like, no, I don't screw people to get ahead. I do my own thing, and I think – People now, you know, if they get their chance to be on reality TV for five or ten minutes, they'll stick they'll stick they'll stick dozens of people in the ass. They don't care, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, you're right, dude. We you know we we grew up with the Cunninghams, dude. We grew up with the Happy Days TV shows, and that's what that I love that. That's you know I'm from the Flintstones. You know that's me. That's that's my that's my time on this earth. But what's going forward is the shit where they you know just cut everybody's throat and drink everybody's blood, man. Well, and that's what I think. It's that's ugly. What I, it's fucking ugly. That's man. what I see in a lot of media now. Is these you know is uh, the competition. You know, and I mean, competition's great. I mean, yeah, I like, you know, I like watching certain sports here and there, and I like the idea of competition. Friendly competition's a good thing. But when a competition is based on how much you can screw people over psychologically, right, that's where you start, you're starting to, in my opinion, reprogram people's minds that are younger that haven't been exposed to anything else, and then they're raised to think, like, well, this is how you live. This is what you do. This is what it's life is. You're right. is. Is we just screw people all the time. This is what. This is how I get ahead. This is how I get all the likes on Facebook. This is how I get all the likes on Instagram or whatever. Right. This is how I get the, the you know the, the tech job that I want. You know. And I'm not saying this is everybody, right. but I think this is a definite component as to why there is this element. We're going back to this idea, this element of horror, this horror that that I feel like, man, I feel pretty unsafe now. I don't feel safe, honestly, uh, a lot of times walking around because it's like, dude, um, any, out of nowhere, some maniac could just come off the street with their car and run me over. You know, they could just have some manic episode because they didn't get enough. They didn't get enough hits on what likes on Facebook or whatever, because people get that mad now about dumb shit like that. I know. I know. It's weird. It, it, again, it's like what's 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 causing the horror. <laughs> what's, call, and, and what's causing, what's causing the, that horror? But what, you're, you're you're totally right, dude. It's it, the whole world is different. I mean, maybe this was the way it was when we were kids, you know, and our parents were like, oh, it's not like it used to be. Oh, maybe I'm sure there's, maybe these people that are now in 30 years, it's not like it used to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that I'm saying things, and I I try really hard to not have the to to not have the get off my lawn attitude, right? But I do know right. there's certain times that I say things that I simply just don't understand it because I'm a little older and I wasn't raised around that culture. And I know you feel the same. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I, I don't well, get I, it. I say it all the time. What the fuck is wrong with the world? <laughs> I say it all yeah. the time. But I mean, but I, I I think the proof's in the pudding. Like a simple example, like I like that. And you have people that have committed suicide over things like this. You know, this isn't only danger to other people. It's a danger to yourself. And there are stories sure. I've read of people literally committing suicide because their social media profile was not where they thought it was supposed to be at. And that left them in a, in a, in a state of such despair and hopelessness that they felt like there's nothing left for me. I might as well just leave. I might as well just die. I don't need to be anywhere. This is... 
I mean, literally something that it's it's not it's not a tangible thing. It's not. I mean, social media is not. I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, I know. I mean, life life as bad as it's been. Yeah, I've had my moments for sure. Yeah, we. I've had tons of my moments, like my mother dying suddenly, my son's mother dying suddenly, my bass player, all my friends being killed in a hit and run overnight. You know, all those years ago. Yeah, life is still life. It's a motherfucker, and it beats you you down. Like one of my best quotes ever. Is from is from uh what's her name from Catherine Hepburn who says life is a life, life is a bitch because in the end it kills you you know what I'm saying <laughs> no, that's true. what life does at the end it kills you it, and it basically you it doesn't matter I tell people all the time that are down now I said look dude it doesn't matter how bad it can be horrific you got to go on life you get one when you're when you're dead you're gonna be there a long time keep on trucking just keep yeah. on trucking I tell that to people all the time because people do get down in the dumps so much and some of the things you're saying are included in this and stuff I've heard from people even of late you know people I know personally and I'm just like what the fuck do you give a fuck what that motherfucker thinks about you what the you know why yeah. is that running your life what are you so caught up in that's made you this way is it something on TV you've seen or something you know the media is so out there now we, we all know we're sitting here talking about Facebook I mean Jesus Christ we see everybody's just you know everybody's a keyboard warrior over there you know with their iced tea and the, by the keyboard and well, they're yeah. in there like fuck you motherfucker you know bullshit I'll kick your ass when you know damn well if we were all sitting in a room no, 99% no, of this no. wouldn't happen because most of it's just human nature not to. But, no. you know, the 1% that wants to go off everywhere, that's what's becoming the 5% and the 10% and the 20% now. And that's what I'm talking about. That well, that's what gets magnified. That's the what's... stuff I'm seeing, is it's pathetic, dude. It is fucking pathetic how the world is treating each other. No, no, it, there, isn't, there, there isn't that much kindness, it seems like. And, you know, I mean, let, let's just think about this this way. I mean... I'll ask you a direct question, King. Do you think you would have gotten as far, gotten where you are now, as far as, let's just say music's concerned, right? Do you think you would have gotten as far as you are right now with Deceased or October 31st or, or, or any other stuff you've done if you were so, if you were totally worried about what other people thought about you? I mean, do you, do you think I've never, I've never, I've never cared. I've never cared what anybody thinks about me. I I, I don't bother nobody. I don't go out of my way to hurt anybody. I I'm as good to people as they are to me. And even people that aren't good to me, I usually just take the, you know, the higher road and do it. You're exactly right. No, I, I go out of my way more so than anything to be genuine all the time because I was brought up and I'm lucky of this and this is some of it too. My mother taught me manners. My mother taught me how to, you know, work for what you earn and stuff and not just, you know, cut out the middleman and, you know, take from others and stuff. I, you know, I've always tried to do the best I can. Now, when I was a kid and I was a young teenager and I was on drugs or, you know, even past that, I went out and stole. I went and stole CDs and all this shit from the stores. I'm not happy about that now, but I can't change it. But what I can change is the lesson I learned from it. I got away from that stuff. Now, now I live a better life. It took me a while. Nobody's going to come out perfect, but I, no. I also don't beat myself to death before, you know, because of it, because in the end, I've learned from my mistakes. I learned from that, that drugs don't do me no good. I learned that alcohol was not good for me, things like that. That's all that yeah. I'm saying about this. And that goes back to my book. It's the lessons are there to know that goes back to the website showing people drugs, fuck deceased up. We all fucking got sideways on this shit, you know, and we barely, we could have done so much more so much sooner had we had our shit right. But yes, what you're saying about that, if you know, you have to, do things your own way and you can only hope people care. I'm not going to like hate somebody if they don't agree with how I do it or something like that, but I'm sure so I'm not going to, you know, become their robot or their puppet to dance their way. Nowadays, I think honestly, when I, when someone has enough guts to actually come to my face and say, 
I don't like the band you play in, or I don't like your podcast you do, when they're honest with me like that, that earns people more points with me than someone arbitrarily just saying, oh, yeah, good job, like what you do. Someone who's really honest with me, who, who you know, not can only just walk up to me and say, you suck. They can, they can go, I don't like your, your band or what you do because of this. Like, and I've heard some really compelling okay. arguments. Like, and that's, that, that's not an insult to me. I don't consider that an insult in any way whatsoever. Sure. I, I'm like, well, you're, you're, you're giving me, you're, you're, you're making a statement and you're backing it up with some very sound reasons. And I think that's super cool. Go find something you like, you like. You, it, we're not for you. Right. That's, that's what I say. That's, we, cool. that's what I say. To each their own. I always say that's why we get our own names. We could be our own people. Exactly. True. So, okay. Um, I can feel my blood pressure rising. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can too. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and, and, and I'm glad. We, no, I'm glad That's we talked about this stuff. That's a good thing. No, it's it's a really good thing. I'm glad we got to talk about this stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't want to because we keep going. We're going to both be starting to rage here. <laughs> I know we are. Can feel it coming on. <laughs> we'll be doing. It'll just be screaming. We'll be doing that fucking macho metal. We'll start like, Fuck we'll start yeah, like macho metal, man. Yeah, totally. But no, King. I want no. <laughs> seriously. Testosterone rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to thank you, King. It's been a while since we've ever, you know, we had a, we've had a, been able to talk on the show here, and you no, know, it's it's really good to talk to you. And it was great to see you guys play this again. Is, a this has been a ago. really good one. This has been a more serious one than usual, but it's good because it's all inside of us and stuff. And I, you know, I, like we said when we were going to do this, let's just you know go willy nilly and see how it goes. Well, you and know, to me, some interesting things came out, and some of the stuff I've always wanted to say about death metal that I've never been able to put in type on my Facebook page or wherever I'm typing about something, and just talking about some of that stuff I said too. You know. If the world's fucked up, I'm not going to stop smiling and having a good time, and I'm sure it's all going to be watching Three's Company reruns at 2 o'clock this morning tonight, baby, with a little bag of red-hot barbecue potato chips and a nice cold glass of milk, you know, when my wife's sleeping there next to me going, don't crunch the chips so loud. Life is for fucking having fun, too. You, yeah. you can't let it stop you either. Look over your shoulder. Keep an eye out. Do what you got to do. We all have to do that now. That's just part of it. But at the end, live. L-I-V-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. Live. Ghostly talk. <laughs> 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 <laughs>